Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord. I prepared a message, but uh, the Lord has been dealing with me um, on some issues. I told you uh, before that the Lord has been uh, dealing with me in humility. And humility isn't uh, humility isn't a lot of times what we think it is. Humility is hearing God and just obeying him. I noticed in one of the songs there was a portion of scripture that says he works all things for our good. How many believe that? All right. Well, I'm glad you already committed yourself. Praise the Lord. If we, if we know that he works all things for our good, and I'm talking about myself too, I'm not pointing fingers. Because if I did, how many fingers are pointing back at me? More than's pointing at you. So um, the Lord, uh, if, we, if all things are working for our good, then we shouldn't be complaining about what's coming. If all things are working together, for all things work together for good. I, let me just say this, not everything that comes down your way is necessarily God's will, but he can turn all things for your good. You know, the things, a lot of things that God gets blamed for, I think, how in the world can you say that about God? God does not condone pedophilia. God does not condone child abuse. God does not condone theft and murder and robbery and rape. God does not condone that, but he can turn it around and work all things together for our good to those that love him and to those that are called according to his purpose. Thank you, Lord. My, I just don't like electronics. My wife told me today, she's, you know, I was telling her about, you know, uh, using my iPad and she says, well, you know, paper's better. I thought, yeah, man, because I got 16 font on this, man. And even though you have 16 font on your, on your iPad, it don't look like 16 font. It's still small. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, I had a message prepared, and the Lord keeps dropping, but I just think it's just a continuation of what he what he has. So I ask you to commit yourself. Do you believe the word of God? All right. So we're going to believe, we're not only going to believe the, the things that make us feel good, but we're also going to believe the things that we don't necessarily like. See, I didn't even get any amens on that. I thought you said you believe the word of God. All right, well, this isn't a hammer. This is not a hammer sermon. I'm not going to bring the hammer down. I don't believe in bringing the hammer down. Jesus said to feed my sheep, not beat my sheep. How about that? I was at a church uh, under a pastor, and we got beat. I was doing what he was asking, and I still felt guilty. Well, I don't. I didn't call you here uh, to put you under guilt. I care. I am here to feed you. But sometimes, you know, my mother used to say, "Eat your spinach; it's good for you." I still didn't like it. Well, Pop, I ate it. I still didn't like it. <laughs> you know, eat your broccoli; it's good for you. You know, and all that stuff's true. It's good for you. But if it doesn't, if it doesn't satisfy your palate, you don't want to. You don't want to eat it. You know, and a lot of times we just want to be the ice cream Christians. 
You know, we like a variety of ice cream, Rocky Roads, Moose Tracks. Uh, I like Death by Chocolate myself. Uh, if you got to go, you might as well go good, right? And uh, we just like all sorts of, uh, but you know, there's more than ice cream scriptures. See, it's all getting quiet again. Hallelujah. Again, I'm not here to beat you. I'm here to feed you. But uh, I want to share with you my, actually, my sermon is going to be on the power of peace, my message. On the power of peace. Do you know that you're living in a world that's going to cause you trouble? If you, if you think that you're going to get to the place where you're not going to have any troubles, then you're dead and in heaven. I, you ought to get some more amens off of that. You are going to have scripture. The Bible says those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Do we have anybody here that wants to live godly? All right. Now, godly is not what you wear. Come on. Godly is not what you put on. It's what's in your heart. And I'll prove that here in a minute. But let me just read you the scripture so I don't have to keep playing with this phone. I got 27 Bibles on this phone here. Hallelujah. Anyway. For he who would love life and see good days. We everybody here want to see good days? Amen. All right. Well, that's what I'm about. Let him reframe his tongue from evil. Let me just say this. Watch what you say. Let him reframe, because evil is not speaking curse words. Profanity. Evil was when the 12 spies came back and 10 of them said, hey, it's like you said, but we can't take it. There's giants in the land. Well, how many of you know that there's a giant in you? There's a tiger in your tank. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Am I at the right church? For he who would love life and see days, let him reframe his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. As long as you feel like it, right? No, this is all the time. Let him seek peace and pursue it. What are we talking about today? The power of peace. Let him seek peace and pursue it. What is pursue? That means to eagerly go after. Eagerly go after. That means I've got to get up. I've got to pursue it. I've got to go after it. Because peace will want, it'll seem like peace will want to flee from you. It's not fleeing from you. It's the world around you that is impacting you. And when you hear the wor world and you listen to the voices of the world, then it seems like peace slips away. But we eagerly pursue it. Even when the enemy tries to take your peace, you eagerly pursue it. Let him seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. How many of you believe in being righteous? Well, righteous means to speak what God speaks, to live like God lives. I know that I have the gift of righteousness, but I need to take it out of the box and I need to put on the breastplate of righteousness and live like I am righteous because God's made me righteous and God's made you righteous. He said, goes on to say, for, the ears, for, the, for his ears are open to their prayers. Whose prayers? The righteous. For his ears are open to their, to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Hallelujah. 
Well, let's just go to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. We're talking about the power of peace. How many believe it's the last days? Well, if you read your Bible, they were talking about it being the last days 2,000 years ago. So if it's the last days then, it's the last days now. And more of it. But let me show you what the scripture, how the scripture defines the last days. Some people will say, well, and some people will say, well, uh, you know, Israel's become a state, so it's the last days. Some people say it's a red moon, so it's the last days. Some people might say it's a blue moon. Some people might say it's a crescent moon. But that's not what the scripture's defining as the last days. Some people say, well, this, that, and natural disasters. No, Jesus said that natural disasters would happen, but these are not, these are just the beginning of troubles. So natural disasters are not a sign of the last days. This is what the last days is. 2 Timothy 3, 1, For know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. So let me just say this. You cannot block perilous times. You can't do it. He says, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of monies, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. In other words, they go to church. They go to church having a form of godliness, but they deny the power. Now, we were, we were singing this morning about it being a house of miracles. And I do believe in the signs and wonders and miracles, but I also believe in the, in the miracle of the Holy Spirit changing us on the inside so that we act like and live like and speak like the love of Christ. Thank you, Lord. That's what happens when they don't let you preach for a while. Then you just go get wound up. Thank you, Lord. He says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power from such turn away. Turn away from people who deny the power to change your life. Turn away from people that say that God says it's okay. You can live like you want. God will just forgive you. No, the power of grace and the power of the Holy Spirit is to conform you to be like Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, don't get, don't get all nervous. God still loves you. But you know, one of the reasons you have problems is because God is conforming you to the image of Jesus. I don't understand why God's allowing this to happen to me. Well, read your Bible. Didn't we just hear, didn't we just confess that we believe the word of God? All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And if you keep on reading, you will find out that God is in the process of conforming you and making you just like Jesus. Woo! How's he going to do that? Well, read Romans chapter 5. Tribulation worketh only one guy. Tribulation worketh what? Patience. And then all and then it goes on to character and I, how he didn't say he's going to make you a character. He wants you to have character. Some of you already got that down pretty good. you just characters. But God says, I'm going to make you with the character of Christ. And if it's going to take tribulation, 
Tribulation worketh patience. How many of you are impatient in here? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what? <laughs> I'm learning. It only take me for 50 years, but I'm figuring it out. It does me no good to get upset when things happen to me. My wife, my wife said, uh, she said, uh, I, I feel so bad you're going through that. I said, I just wrote back, I said, Every, everybody in the world's got problems. This is nothing. You think you got problems. And I don't, I don't want to compare our problems, with, but everybody's got problems. I used to have a thing because I heard somebody else say, I got shoes, you got shoes. All God's people got shoes. But you know what? I got problems, you got problems. All God's children got problems. And if you, if you think, well, the world's better, no, you, a lot of you ran to Jesus because you were trying to evade your problems, get away from your problems. The only thing is the problems in the world trying to kill you, if God's using a problem, then he's trying to change you. What's the Bible? You know, we had Joel, uh, Pastor Joel was talking about liberty last week. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But you know what? If you continue to hold on to the chains, then he's got to rattle those chains so you let go of them. You know, a lot of people, you know, Jesus asked a crippled guy, one, uh, wait, no, he asked a blind guy. What do you want me to do for you? And I'm thinking, Jesus, the guy's blind. Come on. But you know what? Some people don't want to get rid of the thing. So God's got to ask you, you know, there, and I heard this. There was a person with, with an obvious disability. And the, person, and, and the prayer said, what do you want me to pray for? And they said, I've got a headache. You know what? If you try to raise them up when all they're believing for is a headache, you got to start where, you got to start where it's at. You know, that's what I found out about praying for people. You know, they, um, you know, they might say, well, you know, I've got this issue. And uh, so you start praying for it. And then you ask them, uh, what's happening in your body? They say, well, you know, uh, I got a heat on my knee. Well, the Holy Spirit's working there. You know, sometimes God, God's got to work in other places so that he can get you free from the other thing that you're believing for. Thank you, Lord. So having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I want you to notice that the last times defined here is not talking about natural disasters. It's not talking about moons. It's not talking about the state of Israel. It's talking about the condition of men's hearts. Today, the world, you know, and I, the world is trying to divide us. The world system. The world's talking a lot about color, but we got to go deeper than color. Amen. I'm going to say it again. The world's talking about color, but we got to go deeper than color. God said... Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Hallelujah. How deep are you looking? Reminds me of a Bee Gees song, I think. <laughs> how deep is your love? Well, how deep are you looking? I don't know. I might get corrected. Maybe it wasn't Bee Gees. <laughs> You know, there's three guys doing harmony. So, you know, it's hard to compete with three guys doing harmony. 
But how deep are you looking? Are you just looking at the outward appearance? Are you just looking at their angry facade when in reality they're hurting as bad as you are? I'm not telling, I am telling us that we have to humble ourselves and hear what God says. Thank you, Lord. Well, in Luke chapter 26, verse 1, why do we need the power of peace in our lives? Because in Luke 21, verse 26, it says, Men's hearts failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Ooh, I don't know if that was the Holy Ghost or just me getting lightheaded. Who knows? We'll blame it on the Holy Ghost. Ooh, I felt it. Yes. Men's hearts failing them for fear. You know, that could, that could even be a physical heart attack. But I believe, and it could be that, but it also could be when your heart, when your inward man fails you because you're allowing fear to take over in your life. You begin to withdraw. You begin to go into the cave like Elijah who was running from Jezebel. He ran into a cave and God says, what are you doing here? And God will say the same thing to you because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And God has called you to be mighty warriors for God. But we're hiding in the cage because of what we see going on around us. We got to get our eyes off of what's around us and get our eyes on God. Let him speak to us. Let him tell us what to do. You could have people raging at you and hating you and God tells you to go love them. And my first thought is get thee behind me, Satan. But the reality is, is God is going to tell us to do things that we are not comfortable with. When has God ever asked you to do something comfortable? <laughs> you remember back in the days before we, you raised your hands? <laughs> or how about this? If you want to, you know, it's, you know, God is tugging on your heart. If God's tugging on your heart, come down to the altar. Man, it seems like your feet are nailed to the floor. God asks us to do things that's uncomfortable, but when we do it, it liberates us and frees us from the bondages that we've held on to. Thank you, Lord. So men's heart failing them for fear, looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Man, you got to get your eyes off of the news and get it into the good news. You are victorious in Jesus. Amen. If you don't smile at me right now. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's right. Man, I can't, I can't make it if I don't have a rosa smile every once in a while. Hallelujah. So what happens when trouble comes? When trouble comes knocking at your door. Don't be afraid, it's not like before. That's a Christian song, by the way. <laughs> go, go on the internet and look up Janie Grimes, We've Been Made More Than Conquerors. Man, it's awesome. Thank you, Lord. But anyway, in uh, John, what do we do in trouble? John 16, 33, these things I've spoken unto me, unto you, that in me you may have peace. Where are we going to have peace at? In him. For in him we live and move and have our being. If we don't, and I'm not saying that we that we're drifting out of salvation, but if we don't remind ourselves that we are in him, we cannot have peace. Because we're focused on the things that are taking, that are robbing peace from us. These things I've spoken unto you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. You are going to have it. 
That might not be in your promise box, but it's in the word of God. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. So what's the best thing for you to do when trouble comes your way? Be of good cheer. And Jesus reminds us that I have overcome the world. So as I keep my focus on the Lord Jesus Christ, then I will be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. The power of peace. You may have power, but if you don't plug it in and turn on the switch, it does you no good. Every one of these light sockets in here have power. But until you stick your finger in there, you ain't going to find out. (laughs) I heard this, you know, this was my, you know, my dad was the oldest. And of the siblings in his family, there were eight kids. And, you know, my, both of my grandparents worked and, uh, So my dad was large and in charge. One of the things he used to do to my aunts was take the light bulb, (laughs) the light bulb out of the socket. Remember when some of you don't remember, but you just had a wire with a light bulb. So he would take take that uh, light bulb out and like he grabbed their hand and like. Act like he's going to, you know, but he wouldn't have, you got to think it through. He'd have got shocked too, right? So he probably had it turned off, but they were fighting and fighting. Now you wonder where I got it at. I never did that. I did other things, but anyway. So you've got the power on the inside of you, but are you utilizing the power that God's placed within you? Are you utilizing the peace? How did Jesus say to activate that peace? These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace, in the world you you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I utilize the peace By being of good cheer. And you don't wait to feel cheerful. You act as if you are cheerful and then the feelings will come. Just like uh, I asked asked the Lord one time, Lord, help me to love my wife. And hey, my wife's lovable. I told you. She, uh, I probably told you this, but some of you didn't hear it. She had a picture of about 10 years ago and she says, man, I was cute and good looking. Why didn't you tell me I was beautiful back then? Man, if you ever hear that, you're on the line, you, you on the line right there. But, you know, I said with all honesty, I said, you're still beautiful to me. Her eyes and her smile light my world. For those of you, well, we don't want to get on marriage. But I believe that a man can uh, brighten his wife's face. Come on. Just a thought. And And ladies... You can brighten a man's face too. Hallelujah. You have a treasure. You have a treasure. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. John 14, 1. Jesus says this, let not your heart be troubled. Anybody, anybody know what he's talking about? Jesus has just told them, I'm going to be crucified, I'm going to be abused, I'm going to be hung on a cross, I'm going to die. And, you know, he he told them a number of times I'm going to raise from the dead. But apparently they didn't hear that part or they didn't want to believe it, so they were troubled. People get troubled because of the world. 
But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. He says, you believe in God, believe also in me. Your heart becomes settled when you focus in the right place. What are you focused on? Your heart becomes focused when you have it in the right place. You know, the context here is about a bright eternity. Do you know that we're supposed to occasionally think about heaven? Occasionally, it would be good for your brain and your spirit man to think about what you have to look forward to. You know, we all going to live forever in the spirit. But how many of you know we're not all going to live forward, uh, live forever in the flesh? But man, we got something good to look forward to. It's a lot better than the other alternative. Come on now. The old time preachers used to say we have a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. We turn away from that to pursue what's ahead. Thank you, Lord. You know, uh, let not your heart be troubled. I just had a memory as I was doing this. When I was a kid, we had to worry about nuclear threat. In elementary school, we would watch films of the destruction of the nuclear bomb. Did you ever see a nuclear bomb go off? And they, they had a camera, and it would, you'd see a house, and this thing, this wind would just go whoosh. Then all of a sudden, everything just sucked in to the cloud. And we watched that. Isn't that good for a third grader? And then we would practice going to the school basement, sitting on the floor, sticking our head between our knees. Whoosh, whoosh, like that's going to help. <laughs> I was like, you better be praying. That, you know what? They'll never get prayer out of school. Because kids are praying every time they have to take a test. Every generation has its own troubles and will, and will have them until Jesus comes back and brings peace to the earth. But you know what? God talks about a supernatural peace. In Galatians 5.22, he says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What did the pastor preach last week? You have liberty when you walk in self-control. If it's self-control, that, that means I can't control you. If it's self-control, it's not about other people controlling your situation. It is about you controlling, not letting your heart be troubled. Neither letting it be afraid. He says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Actually, if we would look at the, at the surrounding verses in context, he's talking about the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. We overcome the works of the flesh by flowing in the fruit of the Spirit. So how important is, that, is it for us to seek after and pursue the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? It's of ultimate importance because you cannot control your flesh. How many of you ever found that out? Ever found out you can't control your flesh? And the more you try to control it, the worse it gets. But the power of the Holy Spirit can. 
Yes, it's getting quiet in this Pentecostal church. Even though we ain't Pentecostal. Anyway. So fruit grows when it's tended. Fruit grows when it's... I need, to, I need to pay attention to the love. I need to pay attention to the joy. I need to pay attention to the peace. I need to keep my focus on the Lord. Also, peace is powerful and is released by the Holy Spirit. So the more I seek after him, the more that peace is released through me. Self-control brings liberty as we are yielded to the Holy Spirit. The works of the flesh listed above war against the Spirit. You wonder, why am I having so much trouble? It's because your flesh is warring against your spirit. Whoever you yield to is who is going to have the power. Thank you, Lord. You know, with, uh, with all that God has put inside us, what, that we must live in love, walk in love, and walk in peace. You know, if I'm, if I'm sitting on my stump, worried about my situation, I'm not walking in love, I'm not walking in joy, I'm not walking in peace. If I'm standing here with my arm folded, waiting for God to do something. God says you walk in love, you walk in joy, you walk in peace. I think I started a story and didn't finish it. I asked the Lord, how can I love my wife? Because see, I didn't have the full revelation of what love was. I thought love was all physical. Don't stare at me like a, <laughs> hey man, I'm not the only guy in the room. So I thought it was all physical, you know, you got the world definition of, of all that stuff. And the Lord, you know, when you, when you ask the wrong questions, you don't get answers. But if you ask the right question, you get the right answer. Lord, I didn't do it that way. Because this was a serious moment. I said, Lord, help me to love my wife. And the Lord just spoke to me as clear as day. And he said, love is not a feeling. It is an action. You do the action and the feelings will come. You do the actions and the feelings will come. What did he say? Walk in love. Walk in joy. Walk in peace. You don't feel like it? Walk it anyway. Let the power of the Holy Spirit begin to work in your lives. Hallelujah. So what is the key to supernatural? How do I supernaturally release this? And it's not just me trying to be humble. Have you ever tried to be humble? Oh, man. The people that try to be humble are the most arrogant people. <laughs> Let the Lord do it. Humility. Humility is the key to, humility is the key. Well, let's see what James says. James says in uh, James 4, 5, he says, Do you think that the Spirit says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? Now, you, look, you have to look at that scripture, look at the surrounding scriptures, and you will see that they were leaning towards the, uh, they were leaning towards the world. They were actually fighting among each other. Now, Christians don't do that today. We've, we've gotten past that. You know, Christians don't fight anymore. But anyway, back then they were fighting with each other. And um, the Bible says that the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. The father yearns for us to be faithful to him by returning our love back to him. Instead of, instead of focusing on the, the, our neighbor that has, and our neighbor could just be right, in, right next to us, 
our neighbor that's right next to us, our, we have to turn our focus back on Jesus. Like the old song says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will go, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. But he says, this, the spirit who dwells in you yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. He gives more grace. When does he give grace? He gives grace when we humble ourselves. And my thing for humbling, Lord, I want your will, not my will. Whatever you have for me, I want. So I'm humbling myself. I'm not telling God I'm humble. How many of you know he kind of knows whether you are or not? You don't have to tell God you're humble. I wouldn't even suggest doing it. So we don't tell God how humble we are. We just humble ourselves because God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You resist the pride Satan is trying to get you to walk in of self-reliance. Humility opens the door for God's power. Thank you, Lord. John chapter 14, verse 25. These things I've spoken I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. You know, sometimes it's those little simple lessons that we forget. We forget this, you know, we're, we're looking for some big revelation and God just wants to take you back to love one another. You know, speak blessing and not cursing. He goes on to say, he will teach you all things, bring all things to your remembrance. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I think he's trying to get a message across. But what kind of peace is he living? He, what kind of peace is he leaving with us? It is the peace that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. So it is imperative that we stay submitted to him. My peace. Let me just say, Jesus. what kind of peace did Jesus say he was giving us? This, this is not a trick question. He says, my peace. Let me just say this. It is not a low-grade peace. It is the peace that Jesus had. It is the peace that would stand up and speak to a storm. Peace be still. He could do that because he wasn't in turmoil. He had peace because he was in communion with the Father. Therefore, he could stand up because of the peace he had in, in himself. He could speak to the storm. Sometimes we can speak to the storm. And if the storm keeps going raging, just stay in peace. Stay in peace. You know what? I remember praying for, uh, I learned a valuable lesson in prayer, praying for the sick. If you are, if you are fearful about whether they're going to get healed or not, you're imparting your fear into them. You have got to stay in peace. Say there's a rug up here. I... That's not exactly what I meant, boy. I wonder where he got that from. Don't say they're there. Imagine a rug up here. That rug is peace. If I stay on that rug, I, am, I can minister in peace. But if I start getting to the edge and I get one foot off and one foot on, I begin to lose the sense of peace. I need to recognize that and I need to get back in peace. You cannot minister to people if you're in fear. 
Let me just say this. Let me just ease your mind. You ain't healing anybody anyway. It's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus that's doing the healing. Just stay in peace. Stay in peace and stay in love. You just keep on loving them. And say, I'm believing, I'm believing for you, God the Father. And you rehearse that God loves them. And you do too. Thank you, Lord. Let not your heart be troubled. We have an assignment. Your assignment is not to let your heart be troubled. That's from the big boss. So what do we do? We rehearse. I have peace with God. That's Romans 5.1. I have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Rehearse because I'm spiritually minded. I have life and peace. I would give you those scriptures, but we're at the end of the message. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just say this with me. I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Say this, because I'm spiritually minded, I have life and peace. Say this, in the kingdom of God, I have righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, let me just say this again. These are things we rehearse, we rehearse, we rehearse so that when you get up on the stage of life and the stage of trouble that doesn't leave your mind, you have rehearsed it enough to begin to speak it and allow God's power to be released from the inside of you. Say this with me, because I am anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I let my request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, with which passes all understanding, keeps my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Now, you don't have to say this for those of you in the sound booth. But Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. What is dismayed? Discouraged. So he's telling us, don't be afraid because I'm with you. Don't be discouraged because I'm with you. Don't be discouraged because I am your God and I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. And then here's the clincher. How many of you love the word? Do you read the word? (laughs) Anyway, Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace. Say great peace. Great peace. Have they which love your law, and nothing shall by any means offend them. Ask yourself the question, how easily do I get offended? Fortunately, I don't have my glasses on. I do see one girl smiling there, so I don't, I don't know if she gets offended or not. <laughs> Great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall by any means offend them. I think that that would fix a lot of problems. I'll tell you what. I'll just give you a little. If you're not married yet, and you want to be someday, that would be a great scripture to keep peace in your house. Loving his law and not getting offended. You know, you think you marry somebody and you're never, that's just the sweetest thing, the love of your life. He's going to be so good to me. 
you know, and all of a sudden, man, what happened? Did I marry a monster? <laughs> no, you just married the rest of the package. You only saw part of the package. <laughs> yeah, I supposed to say that out loud. But anyway. Listen to this, though. What's that first scripture I, I quoted? All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. Do you know that person you marry is sent to you to make you more like Jesus? Boy, God must be working on you. Believe me, he's worked on me for 50, no, not 50 years. Well, he's been working on me for 67 years, but oh yeah. And he ain't finished yet. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, how many of you would say that you, you want more peace? Hallelujah. Well, Father, you see our upraised hands and our open hearts, Father. We just thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit to to recognize the true intent of our hearts, Lord God, to release not only your power, Lord God, this, the word says that the Holy Spirit will bring all things to our remembrance and teach us things to come. So, Father, we just, as we yield ourselves, we're grateful, Lord God, that you are changing us, whether, we've, whether we want to be changed or not, Lord, it is the Spirit in us who renews us, who reforms us, and makes us into the image of Jesus. I give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the, the team, the healing team, to come up in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.